Welcome to another episode of Spiritual Philosophy Chatter with the Joneses. I'm Danny Jones. And I am Samantha Jones. And this is episode 178. 178. What are we doing? This is Death by Design Part 2. Yeah. Yes. Oh, cool. Yes. So we're going to finish up from last week. Yeah, we have uh, a poll question and then a couple of other questions and then some stories. There's I'm a lot of stories. Yeah. Some of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Well, before we do it, anything that you want to talk about from part one? Yes. So let's see. This is from Crystal. She says, great episode. I wanted to add on to something you were talking about. I worked at an assisted living facility for eight years. I can't tell you how many times I watched people hold on to life just to say goodbye to someone coming from out of town to see them for the last time or for their kids to accept their passing so they could go. I've also watched the veil thin and the dying start to see the other side and their loved ones helping them cross that were already on the other side starting a couple of days before the transition. And those are absolutely great points. Mm. My my grandmother, she was um, actually calling for my mom like the last year of her life constantly, Linda, where'd you go? Like, Linda's been gone a long time, but yeah. she hadn't because they are, like, between those two worlds is mm-hmm. what it seems like. So one of the stories that we have today is from Crystal, and it's it's a really cool story. So It's an, um, for some people, it's not very comfortable, but it is an amazing experience to be in a room and see someone at that stage of the end of life having these experiences, mm-hmm. which I've seen, and it's incredible. It is, yeah, absolutely. So thank you for that, Crystal. Thank you, Crystal. And then, let's see, we answer two questions every week. The first one is from Christy. She says, and this is a um, more, this came in as a message, and then I asked if we could use it as a question, so there's a little bit more here than just a question. She says, hi, Samantha and Danny. I just had a long drive home, so have just listened to Illusions of Reality and Death by Design. I've been listening for a couple years now, and you still cease to blow my brains with things I haven't even thought of make so that makes so much sense. You guys were actually the beginning of my spiritual awakening, so I thank you. Wow. Isn't that great? That's nice to hear. Yes. And she said, so I have a question after listening to the last two podcasts. I was wondering what your thoughts are in regards to what purpose does someone who is born severely disabled or extremely sick have? In the sense, a lot of them can barely do their everyday life stuff, live, talk, move, function. So what is their purpose of being here? Why would someone want or agree to be born into that kind of body or life? Just made me think when you talked of the passing away, when of us passing away, when we have done what we needed to do here. Mm-hmm. I hope I have worded this okay, and it doesn't sound insensitive. And I said, no, that's a great question. Yeah. Um, and we have Danny and I have talked about this before, mm-hmm. and I think that Dolores Cannon's actually yeah, she talks um, about it. Covers it. Yeah. I think essentially, Christy, honestly, all of us will experience that or have. Like being in a disabled yeah. body. I, I want to say 
in Dolores's books that somehow they kind of reference it as um, to move quickly, like yeah, up in heaven, you know, getting closer to the source. If you accept a life like that, it's going to move you up, yeah, quickly, yeah. That's I think if I'm correct, this is kind of what she says in this. Yeah. Um, a couple of other things is a lot of times we are put with like, let's say that um, the disabled person, uh, let's just go with something like Down syndrome. OK. Mm-hmm. And then you have a parent that is now going to maybe care for this child for mm-hmm. the rest of their life. Um, there's an agreement there that mm-hmm. happens before they come here about why they're going to do this and how how they should do it and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. And so there's lessons there to be learned together. When it comes to something like, you know, if something that happened after the person, uh, you know, later on in life, like if they're in an accident and have, you know, uh, paralysis or something after Mm. that, then there's probably something there, too. And I would, you know, a lot of times I say like past lives might have something to do with this. There's so many variables. There's so many. Absolutely. But there's always a lesson. Mm -hmm. You know, there's always something like, how's that person that got paralyzed? How are they going to deal with that? Mm -hmm. Uh, That could be a part of what they're here to learn. Mm -hmm. Are they going to let it drag them down, down, down? Or are they going to make it? make them stronger. Um, There's a motivational speaker. Can't remember what his name is, but he has no limbs. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. And he, you know, most people would just be like, I don't know. Nicholas? I I I can't even tell you. But he's very motivational because here's a man that has no limbs and he's mm-hmm. he's a motivational speaker talking about how wonderful life is. Yeah. And so it's a lot about how we look at it in our perception. And so sometimes I look at these things like that, too, that right. maybe this is about how are they going to handle this or, you know. Yeah. But also, too, yeah, what Dolores Cannon says that it might have something to do with that you're learning more lessons mm-hmm. faster. Um, somebody that I knew that worked at a restaurant that that gentleman visited after he was speaking in the area. I mm-hmm. don't know if it was Moore Park College or some. He was speaking somewhere in the area, and he came to this restaurant um, in Moore Park. Uh, or see me, excuse me. And he, this person was sharing with me that he was the most positive person. He had no arms, no legs, and had an assistant that helped him with pretty much everything Mm -hmm. eating when he had to be excused to go to the restroom or whatever, Mm -hmm. but that his attitude was just impeccable. It was just amazing that he was, you know, think about that when, when you, so again, what is the reason? What is the reason that this person chose this, this life? Well, honestly, we don't, none of us really know that soul knows. Yeah. Exactly. And when even after going through that life and maybe wondering, why did this happen to me? It will be revealed to them, you know? Yeah, absolutely. When they cross over and yep. they're able to look at it all. Yep. And like you said, it could be very well that some past life, maybe the, the mother and the Down syndrome child. Yeah. Maybe roles were reversed or was something yeah. much worse in the previous life that... This mother owed that person. Right. Exactly. You know. Yep. So hope that that answers your question, Christy. Thank you, Christy. Yes, thank you. And then the next one is from Serena. She says, hi, Samantha. I hope that you and Danny and Marina are doing great. I have a quick question for you. I am interested in pers- 
and purchasing my first set of tarot cards. Could you point me in the right direction of which set I should be starting with? I checked online and didn't realize that there are literally billions of different sets. Say, there's like a million. Uh, yeah, I guess it just go with what you're drawn to. Yeah, um, that's definitely, yes. One of the important things is something that you're drawn to. Uh, but... There is a basic deck that is good to start with. It really depends on why you're doing it, too. But the Rider weight deck is the best, most That's my traditional. Favorite. I know you like the traditional. Um, I don't care for the traditional too much because I think that those cards are some of them are really harsh. And yeah. when they come up, I'm like, <laughs> not good. But I have another deck called the Light Sears Tarot. Those are cool, too. And they are very beautiful cards. And I highly recommend them. So I would say... If you want to learn how to read tarot, the Rider Weight deck is the way to go. If you're just looking to do readings for yourself and maybe friends and everything, and you don't need to know the definitions of the meanings just by looking at them, like if you look at the Rider Weight cards, you'll know immediately what they are. Right. But the other ones, you might not because you won't know what it correlates to. It's right. just um, so learning on the sta the standard deck, the Rider Weight. If you want to do more readings, is better. Um, I like the Light Sears Tarot, and I recommend it for, for people that just want to do readings for themselves or learn more about tarot. Mm -hmm. um, there, it comes with a little book, but it doesn't go into any really of the descriptions that like the Rider weight books do. But you can go online and look at what the yeah, meanings they have of the same cards title. Are. The cards have the same, the same title. Yes. Sometimes the pictures are similar to the Rider weight, but it'll still give you the same definition. And the way that I use the Light Sears Tarot, because that's what I use most of the time, is the pictures tell a story. And they're beautiful, beautifully illustrated pictures, okay? Yeah, and so when I do a reading with these cards, I'm not just looking at the meaning of them. I'm looking at whatever draws my eye in the picture of the card, and I tell a story based on that, my vision that comes from that. Mm -hmm. So you're also using your intuition with both you, you do that with all of them, mm -hmm. but I just feel like with the light sears tarot that you can tell better stories, yeah. you can see clearer things. It's you know, the other stuff, it's like this is what this card means, and this, right. So. Right. so I can do um more in depth readings, I think, with the light sears tarot too. But um, yeah, so I hope that that answers your question, Serena. I do get asked that question a lot, nice. and there are a gazillion different types of cards, and these are just tarot cards, like there's oracle cards cards of all kinds so they're fun yeah. you know I, I suggest if you like doing that stuff you know mm -hmm. uh, but yeah you can go to like a any shop that sells them and I would say just the, for your first set just go to what attracts you mm -hmm. if you don't want to go with one of these two but otherwise you can order like one of these two on uh, Amazon or anywhere really so there you go Serena thanks Serena thank you very much and then let's do a reading before we start Okay, this reading is from Brittany. Brittany, I've done several readings for in the past. She lost her mother, um, and she mm. was close to the age that I was when I lost my mother, so I'm always very drawn to uh, people yeah. that go through similar experiences, and it was very sudden. Mm. So let's see. She says, I know I have asked you a million times before, but I'm really struggling. Is there anything that my mom wants to say to me? Today is the one year of her crossing over. I feel so broken. And this was on Tuesday that she sent this to me. And so I said, do you mind if I do this on the on the show? If yeah. I see what mom has to say. Yeah. 
But this is a picture of Brittany and her mom, Tasha. Wow, like spitting image. Aren't they, though? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry for your loss. Yeah. She had um, a baby, Brittany, um, and I think her mom died. I can't remember if her mom died before she got a chance to meet the baby. Mm. Um, but very young. I think that she did. I, I think there's a picture of her holding the baby. But, yeah, very shortly thereafter. Yeah. So she's not getting to see her her grandson grow up from this side. Right. Um, and that's very hard for Brittany, for sure. But let's see what mom has to say. And you know what? They always they always do this. She comes in with, this has been like the best time. I've like the last year for Brittany has been miserable, but for her mom on the other side, she's like, it's just been amazing. And we're supposed to take something from that. And so that may seem like they come in, you know, like, how can you say that? But that's what they want from us. They want us to, you know, to feel that love and to feel that light and to not feel like death is such a horrific thing. Mm -hmm. Let me, let's see what else she wants to say to you. She knows that you know this because you feel it, that she is there with you every single day. And they used to spend a lot of time together. And then I want to say one of them moved away. And so they didn't have that much time together anymore. But now what she's saying is that they are together all the time. And I totally get this because my mom's always here. Always. Hi, Linda. All the time. (laughs) So, and that's the way that it is with Tasha. She is always there with you, Brittany, and always there with your son. And she's really trying to guide you down this path that you're going and show you that life is beautiful. And, but right now life looks for you like it's, it's very traumatic. There's a lot of change going on, um, a lot of adjusting that you're having to do to uh, new obstacles in your life that you haven't had to face before. And facing them without a mother is very difficult. But she wants you to remember that you do have your mother there still and that she's here and available to give you messages anytime that you need them. And she tries to send these to you in a multitude of ways. You know, we talk about the music and the numbers and, and all of that. And she, she does send you all of those signs to show you that she is still very much around. She actually has like when they're here, you know, our parents, they, they somewhat have control or so they think or whatever. And then we're an adult and they don't have control, but she does have this level of control. It's a good kind of control. It's not bad, but she wants you to know that she has a handle on your life to the point where you're protected and she's going to steer you in the direction that you need to go. So anytime that you feel like something is really scary, but you need to make the change. She wants you to remember that she is right there with you and that she's trying to orchestrate these changes for you because we haven't talked in a while. I don't know what's going on, but I do feel like there's been a lot of change and it's really scary when you have a major death like this that Mm -hmm. happens and then life starts changing and it's Mm -hmm. like, whoa, (laughs) I can't handle all of this at once. And I feel like that's kind of what's happening. But your mom is saying that you can handle this with her by your side. You can handle it. Um, And my mom and I have a song together. Our number one song is Every Breath You Take. And she says to listen to that song. Yeah. Uh, the tears. No, nope. you knew it too. <laughs> yeah. I hadn't even started, and you were like, uh, uh. <laughs> "Yeah, that one got me." Yeah, uh, to listen to that song. So yeah, listen to that song, and she says that's her. 
Yeah. She's always there watching you. She's always there helping you, helping you to raise your child as best that she can, too. Yeah. So I hope that that helps. Yeah. Tough. Yeah, it's tough. The mom ones always get me because I've been there <clears> and I know how much that, that sucks. They all suck. They really do. Yeah. Loss is really, really hard. I woke up this morning and my first reading was for a lady whose brother committed suicide. Mm. Um less than a month ago actually it's only been a couple weeks and it's really difficult you know death is just um i don't know there's so many different emotions that come with it so that's uh going into our our episode this week but let's give our information before we do that yep yep so you can find me at samantha jones psychic medium.com if you would like to reach us at the show you can email us spiritual joneses at gmail.com and we are now in the countdown process to my new radio show yes we are which starts november 14th it is a i think it's yeah 14th it's a wednesday yep so we are counting down Yay! and then for you sir for my art, djonesartcollection.com. For the web, at djonesartcollection. For Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Yay. All right, then. Episode 178, Death by Design, Part 2. Yes. Uh, we had a lot of great response to this episode. I know that it's a hard topic to talk about. That um, we, we were talking about it earlier today, just sitting around. And, and it's nice. Mm-hmm. I think it's nice because I think, and I said this to you, that the more that we can talk about it, the more that we can get comfortable with the idea mm-hmm. that this happens to everyone, yeah. the better it is. Because we don't want to talk about it. I think there's like um, like a, not a stigma, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, like we're all worried that if we talk about it, it'll happen to us. Oh, you know? right. Like I, I just don't, I won't. Like, You're summonsing death right. by speaking <laughs> Like sometimes it. when we talk about earthquakes, we live in California, it's like, don't what talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even, don't talk about it. So I know that there are a lot of people that are like this with death, that they don't even want to talk about it. But I really feel like it is healthy for us to talk about Mm -hmm. because it is the only thing that is guaranteed besides birth. Birth and death, that's it. Mm -hmm. There's nothing else that's guaranteed. We're all going to go through it. And we're all going to have somebody that we love that's going to go through it. And a lot of us have a lot of people that we've watched go through it already, you know? And so it's good to try and understand it more. Yeah. This episode, even though it's a continuation of the death by design and and meaning that that, um, you know, we might determine the way that we die ourselves and that this episode is really just stories about death and and not sad stories, but amazing things that happen during the process to maybe try and show what we are trying to show with the death by design, but also that it's healthy to talk about this subject. And again, death in the title simply is just a title it i think for us there really ultimately is no death it's just transition yeah you know there's no we there you're going to live forever and that's another one that's gonna bend your mind when you start to think about it yes but um yeah exactly yep you know if you um, like I, I have a TikTok, right? And so I do like readings on there or put cards up or whatever. <clears throat> you can't hashtag death. So like I no. put the death card up once you can't hashtag it because they immediately take it down. Yeah. You, you have to have like a code word for it. So um, I saw it on there the other day. 
Really? Uh, that had uh, the word death in it, and I was sort they of They didn't like, even replace, like, a lot of times they replace the E mm-hmm. with a, wow. Well, maybe they've changed their ways, but yeah, yeah for me, it never hashed Maybe I saw it before it got taken down. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways. Wow. Anyways. So I had mentioned that Crystal sent <clears throat> us a story because she's worked in hospice, so let's start with her story. All right. When I was younger, I did lots of caregiving, both at a facility and some in home care for family and friends on my own. One of my dear friend's grandfather was losing his battle with cancer, and her family asked me to help out with him. I was a true, he was a truly darling man, gentle with an adorable pie face, brilliant disposition, and it truly was a pleasure. One of his daughters in particular was having a really hard time with his illness and begged him to do treatment, micromanaged his diet, and was pulling at straws to keep him around. I knew how this planned out. I knew how this panned out at his age, how it only sped things along. I'd seen it so many times. He became weaker and weaker each treatment, but maintained his sunny disposition and was truly wonderful to spend time with. The treatments made him very ill, and eventually he was finished. We put a hospital bed in the living room next to big windows as his bed he was now bedridden. I pulled the recliner right next to him. We'd watched old fighter pilot documentaries together as he was a pilot in the military in the military years. Hand in hand, we'd often doze off together and take a nap. Towards his final days, he started having what I at first thought was hallucinations of his wife who had passed before. Mm. But this man didn't have dementia. He was extremely tired, but for the most part, pretty lucid. He would crack up looking in the corner of the room, saying things like, look at her, isn't she beautiful? Or the colors over there are outstanding. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, honey, I love those birds. Or I'm coming home soon, Celeste. (laughs) The absolute delight on this man's face was indescribable during these visions. The days dragged on and I I looked forward into his glimpse of the other side. I shared with the daughters that they were holding on too tight from what I had witnessed. She finally came to terms with his inevitable passing. His kids gathered around him, and she told him it was okay that he go. He was ready now. He did transition within a few hours before my next shift with him. I truly believe he waited for her to be as ready as she could. Wow. Whew, that was a tough one to get through, yeah. and I have things to say, but I need a second. <laughs> yeah, that's a good story. <clears throat> yeah, that's a beautiful story. Um, <clears throat> I... I helped to take care of my grandmother for the last seven years of her life. And something that I often do guilt with is if I made her live too long. Mm. And I'll explain what I mean by that. She, when she, she had a stroke and she was in this state of mind that was just not her. It was very, very strained. And she wouldn't eat. She wouldn't drink. She wouldn't anything. But I knew that this wasn't my grandma. Like, I knew that there was something going on inside of her and I needed to deal with this. So I asked them to put a feeding tube in. And they fought me so bad because she was 80 years old. They, yeah. they fought me so hard on it. But I had power of attorney. So I said, you put the feeding tube in. Mm. Okay. So she survived. Then she had another stroke and a blood clot. And everything that she had, I instead of just doing comfort care, I treated right. everything. But I had asked her, what do you want to do? When she finally was somewhat lucid, I asked her, do you want to keep fighting? And she said, yes. So I continued to fight with her. And not like that, but you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like right. for, for okay. her life going forward. 
And all of that time, I was not ready for her to go. I was having a really hard time, almost on a daily basis, thinking she could die at any second. And it was hard. You know, I don't know why it was so hard, because she was 80-something years old. But when I finally got to the point where I said, you know what, it's really time. It's time for her to transition. It's time for me to move on with my life, because I really didn't want to do the caregiving anymore. It was she was getting much older and and it was getting worse and harder and her especially she was not happy there was no reason for her to still be here before she was happy i could take her out and stuff mm. so once we both got to that point where she was ready to go she did let go but i remember that it was in like august or something that i said okay i'm ready for you to take her and she was very sick and mm. she made one more comeback even though I said that she was re- I was ready, she made one more comeback, and she died on January 1st, and she held on. She planned this. She's one of the people that I truly like look to mm. for sources of their death happened the way that they wanted it to, because her estate and the inheritance that uh, my brother and I and the rest of the family got, we would have had to pay a lot more taxes on it if it would have been the last year. If she would have died just a few hours earlier, the tax situation would have been different. Mm-hmm. And there were other things, too. Um, her, her um, what do you call it? Uh, the executor. I can't remember what they call that. The trustee fiduciary guy. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Oh, trustee. That is what it is. He had just been changed a couple of days prior. So she was waiting for that to happen, too. So these things all have to be, like, set up in a way, I believe. So while I still do guilt about not releasing her sooner, I do really, truly inside believe that she stayed here so that we could have this experience together and that when we were both ready, she could move on. Yeah. And I do believe that when that's supposed to be the situation, that's what's happened. And for this man that lost that, uh, the, you know, the girl lost her father and she finally did say it's okay to go. Mm. They, that happens so often that you say, okay, I'm, I'm ready. You can go. It's okay. And then they do because they need you to release them. Right. They really do. And I and I do readings like that for people sometimes that tell me, you know, their loved ones are still hanging on. Why are they still hanging on? And a lot of times it is that there's somebody that they need to say something to. And you got to figure out who it is. And so a lot of times we will figure out who it is and they say their goodbyes and then it, it's it's done. Mm-hmm. But it, it is by design. I truly believe that. And these kinds of stories show that. Right. Yeah. Well, let's hear some more stories. Yes. Well, let's talk to, what am I going to talk to? Let's, um, this is a question first from Laura. Okay. This was a good question. She said, following a reading I had with you, my dad came through and said he wanted to make sure our family was set up and we didn't have to struggle. He made sure to fulfill this purpose as a father and then passed on. Could the sense of achievement and fulfilling your purpose make one feel accepting of death? Or could it be that they know they can't do any more here, so they move on? I think, I it's, think both. it's both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. And this was something I think we touched on briefly last week is that when your purpose is completed mm-hmm. and you feel like I've done everything I mm-hmm. need to do here, then yes, you can go. Yeah. I think that you're, um, especially with the, uh, was this Christ, uh, Crystal story? Yeah. Uh, about the gentleman, <clears throat> he was now moving in between mm-hmm. the worlds, the dimensions. So 
I think there at that point there is an understanding that okay, time is short. It's yes. hap- it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, but I have also heard many times and had friends, close friends of mine that had near death experiences that were clearly told this is not your time. Right. Relax because you're not going to die. This is not your time. Yep. So, I think you definitively definitively are told so you kind of know how much time do I have left? What can I get done? Yes. But I definitely believe that every soul's purpose is to finish out what they came here to do. Yes. And that was part of that gentleman's plan was to set his family up mm-hmm. before he passed. Time is of the essence at some point. Yep. So I definitely think it's both. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do agree with you. <clears throat> So last week when I set this whole episode up and and did the poll questions, I asked our listeners, do you worry that death could come for you at any time with no warning? And most of them said, sometimes I think about it. And actually it was 50-50 that said, sometimes I think about it. And then the other 50% said no. And that's good. I think that it's good when it's not constantly something that's on your mind. But a few of the things that were said about this is Jennifer said, I worry about losing people I love suddenly. I don't think about my own death too often until a health scare or something. And then, yes, I worry. Carrie said, no one here gets out alive. Jim Morrison, one of my favorite quotes. It's very true. Gabe says, sometimes I think my work is done here post-parenthood and kind of look forward to it because then I'll know. And, you know, I think parenthood is a part of the reason why a lot of us are here. But a lot of times life doesn't even start until right. after that. You know, This is true. I, you, you nailed that one on the head because I thought about that, you know, thinking, no, that's part of your experience mm-hmm. is um, if you choose that part. To be a parent. That's part of your experience. But the idea is to still fulfill your own life, you know, your own dreams and your own goals. Yeah. But when you accept that responsibility, you're sharing that now. You know, it makes you responsible for something else. Gabe also said something really kind of tucked in there is because then I'll know. Yeah. Right. Well... That is true. We will all know. We definitely all find out the answer. Yeah. The test is to live without knowing with your eyes. Mm -hmm. Not relying on your eyes to be able to tell you that everything is real. Mm. So there's a way to get to a place that you know before you even leave. Yeah. I think that is... One thing that every soul here is trying to do is trying to remember, mm-hmm. trying to know what is, what is after this yeah, and remembering that. And that's where the faith comes in. Yeah. Really. Absolutely. It does. It really does. For sure. Let's see what else I have for you. Okay. So Lori said, I think I'm actually more afraid of knowing when I would die and how such as a terminal illness. Mm-hmm. And I, you know what, that is, that's what I've said too, is that I'm not afraid at this point to die. It's just what's, what's going to happen? You know, am I going to get sick? Those types of things that we worry about, is it going to hurt? But again, all of those things are totally, um, they're the way that they're supposed to go. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all predetermined by us. Yeah. I mean, my, 
my grandmother on my mother's side, um, when she passed away, she was diagnosed with metastasizing cancer, which was moving um, quickly. And we thought it was going to be sooner. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't because her youngest daughter was still not able to make it down Mm -hmm. to see her before she passed. And as almost as soon as that happened, she let go. Isn't that amazing? So, yeah, there's even down to some of the most, you know, minute details of life. Somebody feels like they have to get something in mm-hmm. before they exit. Absolutely. And it could be something as simple as I need to see all my children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes you don't even know. I've done readings like that before where the family is like, we just don't know what is keeping this person here. Right. And then we find out and, you know, it, it is usually a person. It's usually having to say something, having to reconcile something um, but occasionally it is something else, you know, and and I've had I've done readings before, too, with people that are like my loved one just won't pass. It's like they are holding on for something. Can you help them? Mm. And I have been able to help them in those instances where it's almost like telling the soul it's OK. Like for whatever reason, that human side of them is resisting. Yeah. And that does happen sometimes. So I've done a couple of those where I tell the soul it's OK. Right. It's okay. And I, I don't know if you remember any of these, but they usually go within a couple hours. They just need to be told. That yeah. happens too. Yeah. So let's go on to the next story that we have. This is from Mallory. She says, one of my friends just passed away. And the last thing he shared on Facebook was about some viz- vivid dreams he was having stemming from an upcoming anniversary of a tragic event that happened. He said he didn't know what these dreams were trying to tell him, but he thought like the incident was his fault. He wrecked his bike the next day and died on impact. I'm so curious to know what his dreams were and if there was a message trying to be relayed to him. I feel like death may be a planned event. Hmm. So I asked for a picture of him and she gave me the picture And so I said, let me just, I want to just talk to him real quick and Mm -hmm. see what that's about. I said that I would do it on the show. Um, And she did say, too, that he wasn't wearing a helmet. Mm. Yeah. So I just wanted to find out what these dreams were about. I don't think I got his name, but that's okay. Um, The first thing he says is, dang it. I should have known. Like, he really, like, I, I feel like once he got there, he was like, okay, it all makes sense. This was his, um, I feel like it was his guide's way of telling him that he was going to be passing soon. They do this. Mm. And I, I try not to, like, talk about this too much because I don't want people to freak out. I don't want them to think if they have a dream about something like this that it means they're going to die because that's not necessarily the case. Right. This me- These messages, he was just misinterpreting them, but his subconscious knew that it was time for him to go. Um the fact that he wasn't wearing a helmet that day is very interesting because that right there tells you that there was something about this that, right. you know, it had to happen right. because he would have been wearing his helmet if it wasn't. They would make sure of this. The other side, that's something that I truly believe is if it is not your time, it will not be your time. They so will I'm do... assuming he regularly wore a helmet. I'm guessing that's right. what it sounded like. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> so... um 
Yeah. So that's what I'm feeling from him is just um, it was it was his time. They were trying to tell him um, it wasn't that he was a failure in his life at all. He had completed his life mission here. And he had what he's telling me. And this is cool, is that he had decided that he was ready to move on to the next challenge because this one was getting too easy. When does it get too easy? <laughs> Somebody answer that. You know, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, there's you see that you know more and more, and you wonder why their life seems so great. And yeah, like, you know, not I'm sure there was challenges in anybody's life, but yeah, yeah. Some people are taken early and and at the height of it, and that's maybe part of it. Maybe it's like they've met, they've yeah, they've done everything that they wanted to do here. And it may not seem like the person's done everything that they want to do. Like it might seem like they could accomplish more. Like I mentioned Kobe Bryant last mm-hmm. week, that he was just about to have a child or just did or something like that and, and all these things. But for him, he did it. Mm-hmm. He did what he set out to do here and his job was done. And it was time for him to move on. And it's hard for us to understand that, but it's just how it works. Yeah. This one is from Hillary. She says, about a month ago to the day, I texted my friend that I had a feeling one of my animals was going to pass in the near future. Almost a month to the day, I lost my mini donkey. I don't know if it's just if I'm just getting better at reading signs or if he was literally telling me our time was limited. If I have a gut feeling, there's a reason and I've been learning to go with it, even if I don't know what or why. And that's really what intuition is about, too, is trusting that gut instinct. Um, there's a difference between intuition and paranoia because I can get on it too with, Oh my gosh, one of my dogs, one of my dogs, something like that, you know, but I can calm myself and say, really, do you rationally think this or is this an intuitive thought or irrationally thinking this, or is this an intuitive thought feels different. So you can kind of start to train yourself and feel one way or another. Mm -hmm. So I absolutely believe that you felt that whether it was him telling you or you just had that feeling that something like that was going to happen. That's intuition for yeah. sure. Yeah. And I did a reading for her a couple of days after the donkey died. He was fun to talk to. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get to talk to donkeys very often. <laughs> Sunshine. She shared this. She said, you did a reading for Kira on one of your podcasts. She's passed. Yeah. We never expected it. But when you look back, there were so many warning signs. The deep, deep conversations we had about the darkness in life. And the fact she always said she isn't going to get old, that she's never going to make it to old age. She was 100% certain, and we all shoved it off like, oh, don't be silly. Yes, you will. But she was right. She knew. And I still oftentimes kick myself for not not trying harder with these warning signs. But Sunshine, she knew because that's what... That was her path. Yeah, I don't that was think her path. Yeah. Really anything that you could have done. No, I you really don't think You have to surrender so. that. Yeah. Yeah, I believe that for sure. Uh, let's see. Serena says, my grandmother committed suicide. In fact, the anniversary of her death is tomorrow. While I believe and know she is on the other side, I have to assume this was not part of her soul contract, but more free will. Yeah. I wonder if she will be reincarnated again and face the same challenges she did in this life. Her death dramatically and deeply affected my life and still does. There are certain people we lose in such tragic ways. It seems like all the time in the world doesn't even heal it. Yeah. Yeah. Suicide is a tough one. Mm-hmm. And I don't know when it comes to suicide. This is still one that I really 
I ask myself that question too. Where does this fit in? Um, we can exit at any time that we want to. The soul can leave at any time and can be replaced with another soul mm. from what I understand from especially what Dolores Cannon talks about. Mm -hmm. But the soul can also choose to leave whenever it wants to. And that's what happens with suicide. Right. And I'm not sure why it happens that way, why they don't just um, the soul doesn't just go because that's obviously they know that that's going to happen from the other side. Right. But there has to be some kind of lesson there. And a lot of times we have to look at things, the broader spectrum of things. This the, your grandmother, you know, I, I don't know anything about her. I don't have a picture of her, but her life may have been going downhill or she may have ended up doing something in the future to hurt somebody else or kill somebody else, maybe drunk driving. I'm just throwing some things out there. And she would have passed anyways, and they're saving the other person's life. Whatever it is, there's always, always a reason. So I have to believe with suicide that there is a reason there as well. So it could even be on the other person's side is what I'm saying, that if you lose somebody from suicide, there might be a reason, something you're supposed to learn from it, something you're supposed to do with it. And I'm not necessarily talking at you, Serena. I'm talking in general right. of like... Sometimes these experiences, as awful as they may be, they help us to help other people. Right. You know, there's the guy um, that jumped off the <clears throat> Golden Gate Bridge and he survived. Can't remember his name either. Yeah. Sorry. He's another inspirational case yeah. that he he says that when he hit that water and he survived and they pulled him out of the water, he was so thankful to be yeah. alive. But he thought about it as he was going down. Yeah, he, he said the minute he left, he wished he didn't jump. Yep. And I hear that from pretty much i'm gonna say all of the the people i've talked to yeah. that have committed suicide that wasn't related to um like pain you know like like cancer or something like right. that um but if they did it because of emotional issues or whatever yeah, yeah they usually will say um i shouldn't have done it yeah i i think that instinctively we all know this inside that life is precious yeah and no matter what the circumstances are of the life being alive is precious yeah and I honestly believe that suicide is simply a reneging of the contract that you made when you came into the life. Yeah. Before anybody can say, well, how about another soul comes in and you leave? You're just taking it on your own, in your own hands to end your yeah. life. And that is, um, it's not looked upon as good here or the other side. Right. But doesn't matter you still go to the other side you're not going anywhere different right you're not going to hell or some some private room that they send all the people that commit suicide to no. that's a bunch of baloney um you just have to go through those lessons again in another life yep yep absolutely you to, and you have to watch you know yeah what goes on here you it's have to be see the the pain that that it causes not that you don't view your own death, even if it's natural, you don't see how it hurts people. But my understanding, um, based a lot on Dolores' books, is that you actually have to like watch yeah. the process, yeah. like the funeral, and, the, and see what, taking your life, how that's affected others. Yeah. And that's part of the lesson. Yeah. But you're not watching from a prison in no. hell or anything. You're in heaven with everybody else. Doing a life review like everybody else does. Mm -hmm. You just chose a different path, so now you have to repeat. Yeah. 
yeah, suicide is still one of those things that I still kind of battle of, you know, how does that work and, and everything, um, with, do we choose that, you know, there or, or what, how do we do that? But, um, it's something I deal with a lot in, in my work. And like I said, this morning, my first reading was a lady that just lost her brother to suicide. And one of the questions that she kept asking was, you know, like, am I responsible for a part of this? Is my mom responsible for a part of this? What about dad? What about brother? What about this person? And at the end of the day, the only person yeah. that really wants to be held responsible for what happened is the person that took their own life. And yeah. they don't want everybody else here to feel like they could have done something different to yeah. prevent it or whatever, because it ultimately was their decision. Mm -hmm. And if it and I really do feel just like anything else, if it's not supposed to happen, like there's people that survive all the time. Um, suicide attempts like this guy that survived off the Golden Gate Bridge. Why did he survive? Right. Well, now he's a motivational speaker. And tries to help people right. to so prevent he's made suicide. A difference. Mm -hmm. There's he's made a, a reason. huge difference. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's um, that's a touchy one. I mean, we did an episode a while back about, about that. yeah, towards the beginning, um, mm -hmm. and we got into that. But um, it's yeah. you know, it's so kind of frowned upon, but it's not the end of it all. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know. Yep. Yep. I, I don't encourage people to do it. I I. I don't no. feel that in my bones, the ability no. to do that myself. I've never felt that way. Has it ever crossed my mind? I think, yeah, sure. sure. I think it's crossed a lot of people's minds. Yeah. When we go to dark places and are in tough times in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it's, it's not abnormal. Yep. Yep. I, I, after my mom died, I thought it would be easier to just drive my car off this cliff. And I heard that actually from a client a few weeks ago after they had lost a pet, actually. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's a part of how we deal with things and deal with grief. But the thing about life is it's always a roller coaster. That's part of the lesson. Yeah, it is a huge part yeah. of the lesson. And so we just have to take those down times in stride and know that they're going to get better and, and all that. And, you know, oh, I could go on and on. Right. But let's read some more of these. Yeah. Yeah. This is from Lisa. She said, I had a a friend in college whose father used to say she didn't want father used to say he didn't want to live past 50. He died the day after his 50th birthday from a heart attack. <laughs> Isn't that wild? He was a day late. Right. <laughs> he was Just probably kidding. sitting there on his 50th birthday yeah. going, really? I thought I arranged this, <laughs> but yeah, that's really interesting. And then you wonder like, what does he think when he gets there? You know? And he's like, I, I did it. <laughs> That's impressive, though. Yeah, it's interesting. These are all the things that make me go, hmm. Mm -hmm. And let's see. This is from Diana. She said, I have a lot of these stories, but the night my grandpa passed away was a cool one. I was three months pregnant with my first that we didn't know the gender yet. I told my grandpa that if I was having a boy, I was going to name him after him. It was the middle of the night. I woke up. And woke my husband up telling him while I was still mostly asleep that my grandpa had passed away and we were going to have a son. He didn't understand until maybe 10 minutes later, my mom called and told me my grandpa had just passed. Wow. And a month to the day later, we found out that we were having a son. As promised, he was given the name. Wow. Yeah. We, um, the lady that actually helped me to, to know that I had these abilities, when her father passed away, she <clears throat> found out from him before she uh got the phone call she said she could felt him felt him just standing there next to her mm. it's like wow 
I'm waiting for that. I don't, nope, nope, nope. I take that back. I'm not waiting for that. But it will be cool. The first <laughs> time that it happens that I know somebody's past right. before everybody else does, that'll be interesting. Yeah. Mm, how that works. So let's see. What time do we got here? Okay, we got time for a couple more. This is from Dustin. My aunt passed away back in, back in 2011. I was only 12 at the time, and she was such a sweet lady. She loves animals. She actually had 12 dogs at one point. Well, dogs, three is enough. (laughs) At her funeral, me and my brother and cousin, all the same age group, were standing outside and a random dog came out of nowhere and would not leave our side. After the funeral, we came back out and the dog had disappeared. Who knows, still seemed like she had something to do with it. A week later, one of my real young cousins, she was maybe six at the time, drew a picture of a lady in the field... A field full of crosses. Her mom asked what this was about, and she said the lady with the white hair told me to draw it. My Aunt Linda had white hair when she passed. All of this I will never forget. I think it's crazy, actually. Aunt Linda. Yeah, right. And (laughs) this is how it works for me, is that you could go a whole story here and not say one person's name, and all of a sudden, here comes my mom's name. Yeah. That, it's constant. We hear that name constantly. (laughs) How many people in this world are named Linda? that was an older generation (laughs) name. We hear it so much. No offense. Yeah, it just was when I read this the first time and I was so like enthralled in the story. And then I was like, oh, you have an Aunt Linda. (laughs) Like there's the kicker of the story. Right. But yeah, isn't that cool? I really think that that was her coming to them and saying, look, I'm here. But, you know, she needed a vessel. She needed something to show herself in. Because they need something like people seem to think that like ghosts can just like produce out of the air. But they really need some source of energy to show us that they're there. Um, And so this is one way to do that is the commandeering of an animal's body. It happens to us all the time with like flying creatures Mm -hmm. all the time. Let's see. I have some more here for you before we finish. Okay, this is from Katie. She said, my dad died when I was four. He was killed by a drunk driver, totally out of the blue. My younger cousin was killed at work, totally unexpected. My mom passed this year, and it was very quick from diagnosis to death. However, I feel like she had been ready to go since my aunt and her best friend passed away last year. She was very happy and relieved when I got my new job. I think that put her mind at ease that she could leave at now to be with her family. Um, and, and I totally agree with mm. that. Like a lot of times they do, they want to make sure that we're going to be okay here. Yeah. They want to make sure, you know, they stick around for us. Like my grandma, I really believe my grandma did that. Right. And, um, you know, so I had asked Katie, I said, so your dad or, you know, your cousin, did you see any signs of this coming? Like, was there any addiction or, or problems? And she says, no, with her cousin, it was completely out of the blue. Her dad didn't have addiction issues, but he had like relationship <clears throat> issues and stuff like uh, that. But the thing is, is that I think with a lot of these, if we really follow a story back, we can see that something was either going really right, like they had fulfilled their stuff, or it wasn't going their way at all. Not all the time, right. but that was kind of what I was trying to get at yeah. there. Yep. Let's see. All right, let's do let's do one more. I got one more here. Okay. I lost three people in my life who I've been very close with and whose <clears throat> lives impacted mine very directly. My fiance Glenn was killed in a freak cave accident at the age of 29. Then my best friend Desiree died in her sleep at the age of 42. Then strangely, a few years later, another of my closest friends, Myron, was hit by a car and killed at the age of 42 also. 
These deaths were of people who directly impacted my life, so I still haven't recovered. They added so much in my so much to my life. It is hard to be without them. Yeah. And you know what, Lori f- forgot a couple of people on this list that I've seen her lose friends, pet sitter friends, because she's yeah. um, a pet sitter. She used to be a pet sitter in Las Vegas, and she's lost a couple of those friends suddenly. She's experienced a lot of loss, and. I feel like sometimes that does happen. Um, like we will notice that we lose more people than mm. others. And I'm not really sure why that is, but I, I feel like for a lot of us, it might be to like help people learn about death and mm. to cope better with yes. death because I wouldn't be able to do this job the way that I do it <laughs> if it wasn't for all the loss that I've experienced. Yeah. And I kind of feel like that for you, Lori. Yeah. You've definitely had a lot of loss, um, Lori. So, yeah. But I do agree with what Samantha was saying, and that is this is a couple things. Um, I think as we get older and we see people our age, you know, passing or even yeah. older than us, the generation before us, this puts our mortality into focus. And it seems like we start to experience this more often yeah. as time goes on. And, and that is true. Yeah. That's also can be part of our perception, too. Yes. Is is this like a fear based kind of thing that get us gets us overwhelmed and anxious, or can we sort of see this like you said, Samantha, as this is a way of sh- the ones before us showing the path? Yeah, you know, exactly. They're showing us this yep. is the way to go, and right. everybody's going to go. Yep, we all are. So it's just the way it goes. But yeah, yeah. So. But I do think the more we can talk about it, <clears throat> the better. Yeah, you know, I agree. Make it. Uh, it's got one. Of, it's like one of those things that it does. It has a st- stigma. Mm-hmm. You know, let's not talk about it. But yeah. yeah. So there is death by design part two. Yay! Yay! It's cool to hear some of those stories. I mean, I know. Yeah, it's hard. They're, but they're, they're sad yeah. <clears throat> in their own way, but it's. Yeah. I liked hearing about the man, the old fighter pilot, mm-hmm. and seeing you know where he's seeing his wife and the colors again the colors, colors are mentioned yeah uh and you know my friend michael that passed in march that was one of the first things he said yep so nobody talks about the colors that you don't see mm-hmm. here you know so yeah I that's can incredible because <clears throat> i see i think you do too some colors that are brighter yes. now with the spiritual awakening um not necessarily colors that we don't that nobody else sees, but it's just the intensity of them. Mm -hmm. So I can only imagine what it's like there. And I've experienced that process. Like I said, of seeing somebody, you know, being in a room with somebody that's in the process of passing, you know, like from an illness and they're having like, um, total visions where they're staring intently and their jaws moving. Yeah. Not like a shivering or a shaking, but it's moving in an, you know, an unrhythmic kind of way where it appears like they're talking. Yeah. Yep. And they're saying something to this. They're having this conversation. Yeah. They're being shown where they're going. And it looks like complete, utter, like, awe. Mm -hmm. Not scared, but just like, oh, my. Yeah. (laughs) And I've I've had that experience a couple of times with people. And... So much of them were similar, right? That I took from that is pay it. <clears throat> I kind of felt like good. You're paying attention, right? You're watching. There's similarities here, and they're being shown to you right. that it's okay. Yeah, 
you know. So. Yeah, I agree. But that's cool. Yep. Heavy one, but good. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, we'll try and make it more lighthearted next week. We haven't picked a topic yet, but yeah. I'm sure it'll be another mind bender. <laughs> <laughs> well, good job. Yeah, you too. Well, before we say uh, goodbye to our friends, you want to share your information one more time? Yes. First, let's thank our discussion group. You guys are wonderful. Yes, All these thank questions you guys. came from there. If you would like to join the discussion group, you can find it on Facebook. It's Spiritual Philosophy Chatter with the Joneses Discussion Group. Hey. Right there. Uh, and then you can find me at Samantha Jones Psychic Medium.com or the podcast you can find there as well, or email us at spiritualjoneses at gmail.com. Yeah. And then for you, sir. For my art, djonesartcollection.com, for the web at djonesartcollection, for Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Yay. 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 Well, we hope everybody did get something out of this. Yes, we do. Um, again, you know, not to rattle anybody's cages, but sometimes it's good to just talk about. Yep. So great stories. And don't be afraid of it. Yeah. Well, we hope everybody has a great week. That we do. And until next week, peace and love.